Provoke podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and 4DC, the world's first end-to-end strategic podcasting consultancy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Provoke Media podcast. This is Arun Sudhaman. We are here in Cannes, and I'm very happy to be joined by two of Weber Shandwick's top creators. We have Chief Creative Officer Tom Beckman and Global Executive Creative Director Angela Mears. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thank you, Arun. Good Great to, to be here. You. So you have both obviously been in Cannes um, all week, but you kind of have had different mm. sort of different roles and responsibilities. Tom, you've been judging mm-hmm. the PR Lions, yeah. right? Angela, you've been in many sessions. I've been hitting the seminar circuit. Yeah. Okay, excellent. So we, I think we'll have a, quite a lot to talk about in terms of some of the trends that you're both seeing mm-hmm. from the work. Um, Tom, let me start with you. Yeah. Uh, now, obviously, you can't give anything away about uh, PR Lions winners, mm-hmm. so on. So, so who won the PR Grand Prix? No. <laughs> anyway, um, what are the trends that you saw or you've seen in the judging maybe during the week that um, I guess maybe have surprised you a little bit? Surprised me? I don't get surprised the room. Mm. Like, I, I always expect the worst. And then it happens. But I uh, <laughs> overall, I we saw um, there were some interesting things for sure. One is that you know the whole kind of entertainment entering the game that is maturing, mm-hmm. and talent and influencer partnerships that we saw mm-hmm. was at a much higher level. The production mm-hmm. was better, the concepts were better, you know, the ambition was higher, mm-hmm. and the program was just more integrated and, and stronger. So a lot of work where you know it's now it's really hard to tell the difference from proper like hbo type productions and the things that we do for clients mm. and so so we saw that across the board like really the entertainment uh category in general is is getting more interesting and it's a good thing to track and follow mm. and also like the design yeah i mean interesting to see a lot of um agencies including you know prime weber shanwick picking up major awards in entertainment and design last night moving Mm -hmm. into those categories our industry is starting to break out of its form in interesting ways Mm -hmm. in the same way that the pr category has really not been dominated by pr agencies Mm -hmm. uh in recent years but it's all the all the borders are starting to blur which is exciting yeah well some some PR firms would suggest is they're not that excited about not <laughs> winning all the PR lines. Well, well I'm not of sure course. if that's true though. Like, so you know, if you're into sports, like mm. usually in in any city, like you have you know two competing teams or something, right? Mm-hmm. And you ask them, you ask the players, you ask the coaches, you ask the like the leadership of the teams, and they will always say the same things like, "We need our rivals to keep ourselves mm-hmm. crisp." Like the most mm-hmm. important team in this league is our biggest rivals mm-hmm. because it keeps us on top. So I'm not sure, like, I think if, if people are, if the PR industry is concerned with, with other disciplines or other agencies eating our lunch or winning our awards, mm. they're, they're thinking about it in the wrong way. This is just the best inspiration that you can get and like trigger to like to, to uh, perform better. Helps you get better. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing that you always say is that you go to Cannes to feel bad about yourself. Like, if you're not walking away with I one piece of work... I feel bad about myself anyway. I well, I mean, I, I wake up feeling bad about myself. I think it's, like, just the human condition. But, like, you come here, you, you get jealous. And mm. that's a good, motivating feeling. Like, last night mm. was incredible. I walked away being like, I need to do better. Mm-hmm. And that's 
I think the most important reason to come is not to focus on your own agency's work or celebrate your work, but to look mm. at everything else that's happening and really get... So we got to this point a bit quicker than I expected oh. to, but let's, let's, let's discuss more. Now, Tom, um, you've been winning lines for longer than I think pretty much any other PR agency, right? It's facts. I, I'm not trying to, you know, gas you up. But, there, I'm, old, um, I'm curious to know whether you think the PR industry is, is doing a better job in terms of being able to win lines and whether you think that the, the things that helped prime win lines 10 years ago, 12 years ago, is, 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 is it still the same equation today? Um, so, first of all, uh, it's obvious that all agencies now go to market with an earn first approach. It's all like that's the thing. And, and you see that across can lines for sure. Mm -hmm. The fact that the PR award shows is now on the Thursday, it used to be on the Monday mm -hmm. when most people, you know, hadn't arrived yet. And we were really the redheaded, you know, cousin mm -hmm. from the countryside. Mm -hmm. And now we're center stage. You know, every, you know, it's obvious for anyone to see. Still, we're not performing in our own category. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, um, to me, it's an inspiration. Mm -hmm. And it's still like, it triggers me. And I want to do better. And I, I learn every year. And I go back, mm -hmm. um, hitting myself a little bit more. And then performing a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And I think more of our, you know, colleagues in the PR industry needs to do the same. Right, understood. If, if you come here looking for your own work and then being disappointed, mm. you're doing it wrong. Mm. You don't focus on your own work when you're here. Focus on other agencies' work. That's yeah. the whole point of going here. Mm. Mm -hmm. you, you need to open yourself up to that, though, right? I mm -hmm. think it's, it's, it's a diff sometimes that's a difficult ask mm -hmm. for, for people who are here. Um, Angela, how do you see that whole conversation around... Uh, PR firms maybe not doing as well in the uh, in the PR lines category as, as you know advertising agencies etc. It doesn't. I'm. I think I occupy a similar space as Tom. Mm. I'm not overly concerned about it. I am interested in seeing PR agencies move into outside PR categories like mm. entertainment. Sure. Um, in so many ways, you can't distinguish anymore between a talent-led idea and a brand-led idea. Mm -hmm. I think in the seminars, which I've primarily been hitting while Tom has been in the jury room all mm. week. There's been a consistent theme around co-creation and collaboration with brands. And we've got McDonald's, Nike, mm -hmm. major, major brands talking about how now they actually need to have the confidence to share the pen with athletes, with partners, mm. and be a little bit more flexible about how their brands exist. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is a very PR mindset yeah. on how to think about it. It's not about brand standards. It's not about by the book. Yeah. Like we need to be able to play into mm -hmm. the conversation as it's happening. And mm -hmm. um, I think it was uh, in the Wyden and Kennedy McDonald's mm -hmm. seminar they kicked off on Monday. They really talked about confident brands mm -hmm. feel that they really have the permission and the flexibility to do that. Mm -hmm. Whereas ones that act from a position of fear stick close to the playbook. Yeah. And one of the most interesting pieces of work that really captures that was the EOS, EOS, I don't, I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce the client, um, bless your fucking cooch mm -hmm. idea where they, you know, had an influencer give a review on TikTok of this mm -hmm. shave cream. And then within like 48 hours or something, turned around a new product called 
bless your fucking cooch. And all of the instructions were in her words. Mm. Ended up doing insane sales, crazy on social media. For a brand to, to do that and actually take the words of a fan, put it on their product, and push it out there as a cultural artifact, mm. super interesting, awesome in real-time response. Mm. Mm. Mischief is doing a lot of really interesting work. Yeah. Mischief, yeah. no fixed address. Mm. Mm. Um, That's a very good point. Mm. And I, I think it goes with this overall theme too, with a lot of risky work, a lot of risk. Yep. So, and and we're gonna see, you know, some of the work that you know you can see at the shortlist exhibition already now for for PR, like the hemp ticket mm -hmm. from Germany. It's like it's very risky, like a German, like the Berlin subway system, mm -hmm. handing out uh, cannabis tickets, mm -hmm. edibles, basically, yeah. or the Volvo spaceship, mm -hmm. or the the lost class. Uh, or I mean, there's so much work now, um, high-profile work that is mm. playing into this controversy or like this risk that is yeah. that we we're not necessarily used to in our industry because our industry used to be all about like not stiff, stiff, and not like not exposing yourself to risk. Right now, mm -hmm. it's about the risk of being exposed. Yeah. But it's interesting what Angela said. It is kind of a PR mindset, right? That there's a comfort with not having that control, mm -hmm. right? Because when you're working with earned media, it's it's not a controlled, paid message. Yeah. Um, but like you said as well, it is a bit stiff. And we, I mean, I think we we've talked about this like years ago in Cannes about you know just the PR industry, the way it shows up here sometimes is is a little different yeah right that's changed it's like are we about know. managing risk or are we about maximizing opportunity for right. brands and like i always love within our agency when i'm able to partner with a team it's like a good lawyer doesn't mm. tell you what you can't do they mm. tell you how you can do right. what you need to do and i think that's yeah. the power of pr mm -hmm. when you have an amazing risky creative idea and you also have the ability to manage the conversation and sort of see around the corners of it. Mm. Um, it becomes very, very hard for clients to say no to an idea like yeah, that when you've got those two ingredients together. And so for, for PR to show up as a partner and as a like real champion of creativity and of taking risk, that's yeah. where I see our industry going. It's not yeah. about managing, dampening. It's about embracing mm. and kind of being like water yeah. and flowing around some of these issues and and being um, not just creative in the way that we think about ideas, but creative in the way that we navigate yeah. the idea once it's in the world. That's a very good way of putting it. And, mm -hmm. and it does draw a contrast with that sort of reactionary gatekeeper role, yes. which I think sometimes... It's is, so is, frustrating and it's boring yeah. to be in that position, to feel mm -hmm. like you're being asked Always to say no. no. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, why do you think brands are more comfortable with risk? Does it have something to do with the events of the past two years, for example? I think so. I mean, like it's been said in a lot of mm -hmm. uh, seminars that like the last two years gave permission to mm -hmm. agencies and to brands to pilot. There was this pent up feeling that something needs to happen. And I think that that collective sense that like, oh, like fuck, we just like need to do something has a lot to do with it psychologically, but also the pandemic really redrew the starting lines for a lot of teams, agencies, brands to like, if they were behind, this was an ability to very quickly accelerate service mm -hmm. development, talent. You saw people 
who might have been invisible in organizations really start to rise to the top mm -hmm. because you sort of flatten that physical mm -hmm. access barrier. Yeah. So I think there were more ideas, more willingness to accept uh, interesting ideas and more willingness to take more risks. Mm -hmm. um, but also to your point sure. earlier, Angela, on like the blurring borders between entertainment and culture and marketing and business and technology and everything. You so when when you know the work that we do when we want to rub up against entertainment or culture mm -hmm. like pop culture, things in the real world that people actually want to you know engage in, it starts taking those forms too. It starts looks like it. It's you know then it becomes it looks like memes or it looks like mm -hmm. you know TV formats or or things that is yeah and you know pop culture culture is it's about tension. It's always about mm -hmm. tension and tension will give you attention. Yeah. And I think brands are now kind of starting playing by those rules too. And it's like this MMA of, of like, of media formats out there, like regardless who's behind it, is, is it a government body? Is it a brand? Is it a think tank? Mm -hmm. They Very all kind of tell. like, it's really hard to say yeah. just by looking at the content, it looks the same. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it sounds like it's more about, creating culture rather than just, you know, let's say participating in it. Yeah. Right. But that's, you know, it's easier said than done. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to know what the two of you think in terms of how, how do brands get to that point where, where they feel comfortable, you know, actually trying to create something. Um, does it require a certain type of talent? Does it require a certain type of leadership? Is it, is it a mindset? I think first and foremost, you have to ask, what is authentic to mm -hmm. the brand and its role? And what does it really, like where is the lane where this brand can credibly play? Mm -hmm. Because as much as formats and channel, everything has changed, like the one thing that is still true is that consumers can smell bullshit from a mile away. Mm -hmm. And you know, brands, I think, expose themselves if they are attempting to create culture from a position that they haven't earned. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure that we could that's a really good point um, yeah. and i think now like everyone knows how the world works and how marketing works and how businesses works they know mm. about supply chain they know about everything yeah so to to for us to like continue to pretend that like we, we're a real thing when we're just a brand which is just an interface between the the audience and the the firm the company like it's just the only way to go about it in this kind of know-it-all world is mm -hmm. to be you know straightforward with it yeah mm -hmm. And I, I, I saw this seminar, this philosopher called Hans Müller, mm -hmm. I think, and he was doing this thing on the concept of identity and how that concept has changed over time. So you go back a hundred years, mm -hmm. it was really linked to sincerity and you were trying to like, the idea of your identity was like trying to figure out your role in society and what other people were expecting you to do. And then right. that turned into authenticity. That was the paradigm where we grew up, mm. where it's like everyone will tell you to like look inwards and like try to find yourself and who you really are and like pursue like you, you have to like that's the thing. That's the idea of identity, like your true self and only you that you know that you can find that inside. Mm -hmm. And now what we're now entering is this thing he called profilicity, which is like it's insane to think that you can be authentic in the world where we're all kind of just playing different parts and diff on different platforms in different contexts. Oh, wow. So, okay. so we took the example of Kamala Harris going into a school, telling the kids to like, uh, don't tell anyone who you are and what you can and cannot do. And just 
pointing out like the absurdity of like telling a kid that they shouldn't allow anyone to mm. tell them like what they should. Cool. I mean, and then <laughs> obviously like, but that's that's her job, yeah. right? As as an official, as a politician. So she, she's also playing a role. The whole thing is filmed. So mm. it's also like in this platform context. So there's so many layers with like who who she is for real, mm. who the, the role that she has, you know, and the assignment that she has that day. The idea of talking like about authenticity is just like it's not even relevant anymore. Mm. Right. So and I think it's the same thing for brands. They they just just like us as people, as individuals, mm. we need to to rethink the whole idea of our own identity. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. same goes for brands. No, it's a good point. I mean, like maybe one of the cases that is a good representation of that is Lil Jif. So like, was it authentic to Jif to do like a rap single? I don't know. But it was definitely something that was in the culture about uh mumble rap. Um yeah, mumble mumble rap. Mumble rapping. It's a peanut sound you know, they, they sound like they have peanut butter in their mouths. So like to actually co opt that, do it and put it in the world is uh like is that authentic? Yeah, it's authentic to the community. Right. It might not be authentic to peanut butter. Isn't but, there a risk then that you know, any anything becomes authentic? Potentially, I mean, and and that sort of gets to the core of your original question, like, is Mm. it about participating in culture? Is it about creating Mm. culture? I look at that case, I look at, bless your fucking cooch, I look at a lot of these examples, and it's really hard to tell, like, it it, it is, you are a participant, and then you're Mm. also moving the conversation forward in a meaningful way. So I think it's a combination of creation and participation, Mm -hmm. like. And that's really the journey that I, that I really enjoy seeing Mm. our own industry moving from parasite to participant. Yeah. Parasite. No, because, you know, you go back and like brands were parasites on culture. Mm. Like mm-hmm. there was something real out there that people actually cared about. And we're like, how do we put the brand in there so we can kind of like yeah. leverage from <laughs> this thing that people actually like? Yeah. Right. Cinema. That's being a parasite on culture. Mm-hmm. But when brands start contributing and adding value and participating, mm-hmm. then we're participants and then mm-hmm. we're part of the ecosystem. And you know, it's the only way forward. It's the only way to have people actually like you, care about you, and in the end, even love you. If mm-hmm. you but, you know, there's no, there's no turning back. And I think it's good. I, I think we see that across the board in the work yeah. now. It's, mm-hmm. it's a good thing. But do you still see a high level of risk? You know, you talked about how mm-hmm. consumers, you know, they, they can smell a rat now easier than ever. They know all about supply chains. They know when something is, is marketing or not. Um, do you think that level of risk is still as high for corporates? Is it something that they are still, you know, grappling with as they make these decisions on, will this idea work? Is this a campaign we want to run with? I mean, I, I can talk about it maybe from experience that I have with clients. And mm-hmm. um, when, when brands have a really solid blueprint for what they represent and a really good understanding of the community that they're speaking to, their core base, their fans, their, their audience, um, it, it creates a very, very clear rubric for what you can meaningfully participate in and what is off limits. And I think it's kind of like what you say about pornography, like you know it when you see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know when you read a brief, if it's coming from a cynical place, you know if you're in a room that this is not going in the right direction. And so, yeah, of course the risk is there. It's there if you do it badly. But if you do it well, it's very, very hard to see the downside. And it's also probably a good 
sort of best practice for brands to take more risks and to do it repeatedly mm. and to continue to test in those areas because then you're not associated with just that one thing, mm-hmm. but the many sort of the sequence um, of ideas. And I, th- I think a lot of that is having a strong brand foundation. I don't mean branding, like what does my logo look like, but like a real visionary understanding of of what your brand is. And that means thinking culture in and not brand out. It's very clear when a brand is just talking at you right. instead of with you. Yeah. Um, and it, I think with a lot of the most sophisticated marketers that I work with and that you know are speaking today, there's an intuitive understanding of that mm. now that maybe that wasn't the case five years ago. Mm. So one of the things that, you know, we, so for example, we, we run a, a study that looks at, at creativity and PR. We've been running it for a decade now. And one of the questions we ask this year is when, when, um, when PR firms are able to lead the creative mm. on behalf of, mm-hmm. of a client, mm-hmm. what are the factors that help them secure that role? And the one that came out on top was an understanding of multiple stakeholders. Yeah. Um, and I wonder, do you see that at all this week? Mm. Because I know, for example, I mean, obviously the work you do at Weber Shandwick mm. is, is multi-stakeholder. Mm. I remember Prime, yeah. your work was as much about B2B and public affairs as mm-hmm. it was about consumer. And I mm. wonder, are you seeing that more broadly in the work here as well? I think so. I mean, if you look at the, I mean, Tom, don't you think Ida Swede and H&M Foundation are both representative of like a pretty broad, not just the stakeholders, but mm-hmm. long-term sort of industry and business thinking? I do think that. And I think a lot of the winning work now in most categories, the jury and the audience and the industry expect them to kind of tick the stakeholder boxes. Mm-hmm. And you can tell if it's not, if it's, if, the, if it's nothing under the hood, like mm-hmm. if there's no substance, it's just like in, you know, and, um, and it's not just true for our, I, I think our perspective, not just in terms of earning attention, earning media, earning reputation, like our perspective on like, and also engaging communities and stakeholders and, and like how to actually move needles and, and address societal issues, that kind of classic PR mindset is also now being exported to the other disciplines of our industry, which is good. It's good for our clients. We know it's it's the way to go. Mm-hmm. So, but yes, it, in in a sense, it will also be more competition for us. Mm-hmm. But one standout thing too would there's a lot of good work this year about uh, gender equality, mm-hmm. right? But the difference is this year the 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 formats the 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 voice of the work, it, and it comes from politics. It comes from like NGOs, NGOs, movements, Mm. and then like, oh, we did this report that indicates that, like, in the stuff that we used to do, (laughs) and now the formats are like very pop culture, like the 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 vagina shaped spaceship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, come on, it is it is a new way of doing this thing, and like the gender swap. I don't know if you've seen the work, yeah, you know, with the, you know, just applying, you know, uh, for you movements for female characters in games and applying them for male characters just to like show the absurdity of this sexualization of a female character in games but the format it's so funny it's so like you want to i i want to watch that case video like over and over again it's yeah. so good yeah right so it's 
That's where you see entertainment bleeding in again, like as uh, an important factor of what we're doing. We're not trying to be like, take your medicine. We're saying like, here's some candy. Mm. And there's actually a really good message attached attach to it. And the opportunity for our industry to really apply yeah. strategy and conceptual capabilities to like uh, complex issues and, you know, in public affairs and the stuff that we mm. and only we perhaps can do well in the industry. Like that's such an opportunity. And I think we're going to see so much more of that work yeah. moving forward. And we should, as always, like we should just commit to, to, to like leading that. Well, what does it take? Does it require different types of people, for example? I think it takes people who are open and willing to have a little bit of fun with what we do. Mm-hmm. Like this is an, there's, I'm not going to talk about Gen Z. There's plenty of people talking about Gen Z this week. But with a lot of that work, you see a generation finding its voice and speaking in a very different language than previous generations, mm-hmm. one that is more real. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be real, you you have to be communicating with humor. And to me, it's just such such a relief to see cases that are fun, like to be sitting in an awards show and be laughing at the case studies again. It's like, that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Mm. And I think that we should learn from that. But like, we're, we're not curing cancer here. Like, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Some of my clients, surely they yeah. are. But like, I'm, I'm in this work because I like to be in a room with fun, smart people talking about ideas and like that's what creativity it is good because it's fun mm-hmm. like if you get to a good idea someone probably had a pretty good meeting or like uh, a good time coming up with that and i think that's what pr needs to move towards it's like a little mm-hmm. bit more of that playfulness sure. yeah and a, a willingness to play and like your question around like do we need new people or like what should we do like we know we need to do something different like no we are like the PR industry always tries to comes up with what like what's wrong with this like what's wrong with provoke what's wrong with can lines what's wrong with us like what's like we are the people we've been waiting for it's us mm-hmm. people just like we need to work collaborate better with our own people internally mm-hmm. like we need to have you know more diversity and complex teams mm-hmm. you know people with different perspectives different backgrounds different skill sets mm-hmm. just working together we already have these people inside the firm mm-hmm. But for some reason, you know, our industry is not partnering enough mm-hmm. and and we're not putting forward those teams enough. But when it comes to like high end production, like advertising agencies never had that in house anyway. Yeah. So you, you, you put that on a production company or like you work with the director or mm-hmm. animation studio, whatever you like. We can do that as well. Mm-hmm. It's not like we need new people or we need to do that. Like we just need to step up our game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's very true. Although I would say I think we need more diversity in the industry For sure. i agree so i think in some respects we do kind of need maybe uh maybe look at pipeline and and, and retention and so on to, to to a certain extent um, but i think your point is really well made in that the industry can agonize far too much over what the problems are uh without realizing actually they have the solutions i think often it, of it's more of a cultural challenge than it is a do we have the right bodies and brains Mm. in the right places like are we creating a culture that attracts and retains divergent thinkers Mm. no not right now but we could be and i think that it's happening in pockets and that's Mm. meaningful but that's not about you can you can recruit and bring in all of the sort of outside in uh sort of brilliant leaders that you want but if Mm. if your agency culture does not exist 
in a format that actually embraces that and allows them to flourish and make an impact, it's not it's not going to stick. Yeah. Um, so I think it's it, it is about we are the ones we've been looking for, and also just thinking about like what are the what are our ways of working? Like how do we partner with each other? How do we yeah. partner with other agencies? What is the stance that we take when we're going into a room with a client? Yeah. And like are we getting to the real stuff, or are we? I think our industry has a habit of talking around problems a lot. And I can't tell you how many meetings I've had where I'm like, I actually don't know what we just talked about (laughs) or what we decided. Um, And, and, and that, that has to stop. Like that, that is something that makes people go. Like you've got top people, I think leaving our industry because they're like, I can make, I can get quicker to impact somewhere else. And that's a, that's a mental habit. That's not a question of, Ability. Yeah, I think that point, the, the answers often lie within, yes. is actually um, something that's, that's really worthwhile. And it's not, it's not something you hear often as well. Mm. Um, before we wrap, any other trends that have emerged or that have you know, caught your attention this week that you feel are, are, are worth Tom? bringing to the, to the attention of, of mm. everyone? I mean, Erwin, and you know this, like one way of, of understanding what goes on in our industry and also at, you know, at, you know, Provoke or Canlines or any other kind of institution or festival is look at, look at the categories that, you know, in which people are submitting work mm. and the quality of the work in certain categories and, you know, and try to figure out like what's happening, where the industry is going and where, where do we see the more interesting work. And it's, it's this year, it's obvious like corporate purpose that yeah. that's a weak category, right? Yeah. Use of tech, mm-hmm. strong category. Interesting. So, so that's just two like small clues that, for some reason, we're not going after the opportunity that is so obvious with this next generation of corporate comms that is much more conceptual. Right. So, so that's that's just for our industry. That like a great me. takeaway. I would expect like, that yeah. to be much stronger given mm-hmm. everything, right? That's and happened. given the lions last year. Yeah. Right. I mean, you should you know with a grain mm. of salt. Like yeah. it's like it's it's not the truth. No. It's not the answers but yeah. it, it's it is an indication like in another category uh, that was insanely weak was market disruption okay you know think about like what yeah. agencies should help our clients disrupt like we should be part of that for sure mm. like mm. right but 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 we're not no no agencies is like this year is doing that mm-hmm. um but influencer and social partnerships strong. brand partnerships very strong right. so that i mean that's definitely happening now cultural insights also weak weak category weak. yeah interesting too given how much conversation about culture is happening mm-hmm. all over the festival yeah, but this i feel week. like that's because the industry i mean to 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 do better at cultural insights has to be culturally diverse yes mm-hmm. absolutely that's, that's yeah. that is a huge that is a huge point and that's still you a, can't a, make that point enough yeah yeah and you have to be a participant right. not an observer yeah yeah well i feel like we could keep talking for a long, long time, but um, I'm sure you guys have lots and lots to do at can. Thank you um, for thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you no. don't, uh, then I, 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 was, I will say enjoy some downtime, hopefully, because no, you well, know, that's also a precious commodity. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Is. Back great. to the Palais, I think, for us. Back yeah. to the Palais. All right, good. Thank you so much. It's really interesting. It's given me a lot of food for thought. So thank you both for provoking our listeners i see what you did there Mm. it's good thank Thank you you, it's it's been a pleasure take care good to see you again you've been
been listening to the Provoke podcast from Provoke Media with production support from the strategic podcast consultancy 4DC. Thank you.